0: hello and god bless you again this week before the introduction i want to pray and speak a blessing to each and every person who's listening however also again this week i am asking each of you to please continue praying for our young people who are falling victim to illness sickness and disease as stated last week although there are several that i know of personally I won't single any of them out, with the exception of Mandy Williams. I'm calling her by name because her mother specifically asked that her prayer partners would spread her daughter's name in request for prayer. Mandy is having an autoimmune issue, which is also affecting her with a form of psychosis. Mandy is a very young teenager, but she's not the only person who's under attack. I'm still praying for my great niece, along with another young woman who I love like a granddaughter. I include your sons, daughters, grandsons, and granddaughters of all of you who are listening. There are others that are younger and older than Mandy, so my sisters and brothers, I'm asking each of you to please pray. Also, I would like to reiterate that the podcast is now open for anyone else who would want the names of their loved ones mentioned specifically for prayer. Although I pray on a daily basis for each of you who listen to the podcast, sometimes one may have the need with specific requests. Get them to me and I will call them out during this time. Also, when and if you send them, please specify whether or not you want your names or requests mentioned out loud. Father, I pray, petition, and make requests to you with thanksgiving that you will bless your sons and daughters who listen to the messages and this podcast that I believe you've given me. Father, may they be blessed and prosper in all they do according to your word and will. I pray and petition you, Father, that they and their families will walk in divine health and that their days upon the earth will be long and fruitful. I pray for Mandy Williams, as well as my great niece, the young woman that I love like a granddaughter, and so many other young people who are under physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional attacks. Let them all know you as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord our God who heals. I thank you personally for the young man who has been able to return to playing college basketball after his surgery. I ask, Father, again, that they would all walk in divine health and free from pain, whether that pain is physical, emotional, or psychological. I petition you, O Lord, that we would all hear your voice clearly and concisely, and that all we put our hands to will be blessed. I pray and make request to you, Father, that each and every one of your sons and daughters who are listening, along with their families, will walk in covenant with you all the days of their lives. May their covenant blessings with you be generational to the thousandth generation, Jesus, should you tarry. I make these requests, petitioning you, Father, with thanksgiving in the name of your Son, our Savior, jesus christ amen i'm prophet beatrice valerie nero and i welcome you to another episode of the podcast this is the voice of the prophet this week i'll be sharing with you the second part of the message entitled put your foot on his neck or he'll put his foot on yours in joshua 10 3 through 4 it reads so adonai zedek King of Jerusalem appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, Parim, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Deber, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. When the king of Jerusalem heard that Gibeon had cut a covenant with Israel, he petitioned those four other kings to join him in battle against Gibeon. Remember that the enemy will use whoever and whatever forces he can against the people of God. He will fight against all who are covenant with those who are in covenant with God. Everything that he can do to bring confusion and disrupt the lives of God's people, he will do. While you're fighting this brush fire over here, he'll light a house fire over there. While you're fighting the house fire, he'll do his best to start a forest fire. But in all things, we must trust God that he will send the rains to put out the fires everywhere. The first plan of Adonai Zedek was to defeat Gibeon. Gibeon was a large and important city. It was a territory that mattered greatly if it could have been captured it would have placed more against israel and given even more power to that king so it is when the enemy begins to attack those that are standing in agreement with us as Christians and followers of Christ especially when they are new Christians or new to the body of Christ when Satan sees new souls new committed Christians he knows just how important they are and he knows how much they matter to God he knows that if he can conquer and capture their souls it will give him more of our spiritual territories as well as more strength to his reign Also, we must realize that new Christians are oftentimes so full of that new faith and belief that they have no doubts as to their abilities to defeat the enemy. They have no doubt that God will do exactly what he said he would do. That's new Christian faith. They are truly a threat to the kingdom of the enemy. Those with new faith are strong believers and trust God to do everything he said he would do. They're like Gideon, strong and important in the kingdom of God. We should all remember our crazy strong faith when we were first saved. We believed on a level then in ways that made the enemy tremble, and it should be even more so today. Let's look at the second verse again. It reads, he and his people were very much alarmed at this because Gibeon was an important city, like one of the royal cities. It was larger than Ai, and all its men were good fighters. Believe it or not, the faith of new Christians is large. And every person that God will put with you will be important as well as good fighters. They will be good spiritual warriors. God will never put anyone with you in your walk and battles that you will have to pull, drag, struggle, and strain with in order for them to fight for you. If you find yourself connected with someone... That you're having to pull, struggle, and drag in order to help you and agree with you in your battles, then maybe you need to stop and ask God if that's a person He really ordained to walk with you and to fight with you. Remember that God is a God of covenant and He honors covenant. Although Joshua and Israel had been deceived into cutting that covenant with the Gibeonites, God still honored it. And part of cutting a covenant during those times stated that if an enemy attacked one person in the covenant, then everyone else who was part of it was to come and help them in their battles. I've shared this before from 2 Samuel 21. It says that there was a famine in the land. The famine lasted three years, and when David asked God why, God replied because of what Saul had done to the Gibeonites. Saul broke the covenant that Israel had cut with the Gibeonites and tried to destroy them all. This angered God because whether the covenant we cut are to our benefits or not, God still honors them. He honors the covenants we have with him and the covenants we cut with one another. Therefore, we must be very careful who we align ourselves with and never enter into a covenant with anyone without seeking God first. Covenants cannot be broken, nor can we compromise with them be sure that you have not broken a covenant that God had honored, and at the same time, be sure not to enter into a covenant with some, someone that God will not honor. As stated previously, the enemy wants to mimic, copy, and imitate everything that God does. So just as it's written in 1 Samuel, he will attempt to trick Force or frighten us into cutting a covenant with him. According to the recordings of the Dead Sea Scrolls, there was an Ammonite by the name of Nahash. He had attacked the Gadites and the Reubenites severely. It recorded that he gouged out their right eyes and struck terror and dread in Israel. It says that not a man remained among the Israelites beyond the Jordan, whose right eye was not gouged out by Nahash, king of the Ammonites, except that 7,000 men fled from the Ammonites and entered Jabesh-Gilead. About a month later, he attacked Jabesh-Gilead. The men of that place said, let us cut a covenant with you. According to the second verse in 1 Samuel 11, it reads, But Nahash the Ammonite replied, I will make a treaty with you only on the condition that I gouge out the right eye of every one of you, and so bring disgrace on all Israel. Now, for some it might seem that being half blind or blind in one eye is better than being dead. However, with the enemy, there is always something cunning and deceptive with his deals. During those times when going into battles, the Israelites would lift up their shields, which would cover their left eye and basically cause them to be half blind. But the right eye that remained uncovered served them well. However, if they allowed their right eye to be gouged out, then upon going into battle, when they would lift up that shield covering the left eye, they wouldn't just be half blind, they would be totally blind. Cutting this covenant with Nahash would mean that the men of Jabesh Gilead would never be able to go into battle against an enemy again. Of course we as christians would know better than to cut a covenant with the enemy wouldn't we but what about when we sign contracts for things that god never ordained what if we marry someone that is not a christian or make loans and get credit cards even when god has said no those are agreements contracts basic covenants that we have made signing our names to, that we are now obligated to fulfill. Some of those agreements are so large until they are actually working against those who have entered into them, and for many, just like their student loans, there seems to be no way to conquer them. Even when everything seems totally against us, We cannot break or compromise our covenants with God. We should always remember Jabesh Gilead. They were part of the tribes of Israel. When they were attacked by Nahash the Ammonite, they were willing to cut a covenant with him in spite of the fact that they were already in covenant with God. We cannot enter into a covenant with someone when you're already in covenant with their enemy. In other words, we can't enter into a covenant with the enemy because we're already in covenant with God. Jabesh Gilead was a part of Israel, and they were also a part of the covenant with God and the rest of Israel. Because of their fear of the enemy, They were willing to compromise their faith and belief that God would deliver them. This is what happens oftentimes when people are under attack and allow the words and actions of the enemy to overcome their faith and belief. They will choose to compromise in their Christian walks. They'll allow the enemy to tell them what he told Eve. Surely God didn't really say. You really don't have to pay all of your tithe and offerings. You don't really have to keep that promise of celibacy until after you're married. With the enemy, it will be one compromise after another. And what it amounts to is not only breaking covenant with God, but walking in absolute sin. Our covenant with God assures us that we don't have to be afraid. He is our deliverer and he will do whatever is necessary to set us free from the attacks and the battles that we enter into against the enemy. In 1 Samuel, Saul gathered 300,000 men We must remember there's more that's for us than they that be against us. In Joshua 10, the Lord told Joshua and the people, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. We need to know that God is still speaking those same words to us as his sons and daughters today. God is saying to us right now that we are not to be afraid of what the enemy is trying to do because not one of them will be able to withstand us. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against us in judgment we shall condemn, for such is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and our righteousness is of him. We will not be afraid of the enemy. So go ahead right now and put your foot on his neck. Name your enemy, that thing and principality that's been trying to rule over you and your family. Name that thing that's been trying to control your life, your town, your state, and even this nation. Name it. Poverty, racism, murder, hatred, or whatever it may be as far as you and your family are concerned. Or whatever God has assigned to you to fight against. And then put your foot on its neck because you are the winner. God has given you and your family the victory. Please join me again next week for part three of this series. Put your foot on his neck or he'll put his foot on yours. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support. Through your prayers, you can contact me through my email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net. And through the Facebook post or Facebook messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support. And may God bless each and every one of you.